It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Who are you? I'm your brother. What are you now, one dummy? They're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. Because all you of Earth are idiots. Everything is as you ordered. I promise you. Damn, look like my women is on time. Save I could show warm you up. No shit, baby. No! Yes. To be like the human. Hey, man, we've spoken while I'm eating. You don't have to die. Well, no one has to die, Bertie. You can live. Live! Black Hello and oh man oh wow sorry about that uh, hello and w- welcome to an all new episode of Cinema de Fromage this is the finale the debate show and uh, I am uh, one of your hosts uh, I'm going to be the moderator for tonight but um, the man the main man the creator of the show is King Penguin how you doing King I am ready for the tussle in the bustle or whatever we're going to call this I <laughs> I'm 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 tired and thrilled all at the same time. All right, tired and thrilled. So that's pretty cool. So uh I know you've you know um you know this has been such a great season and uh so much has uh, gone on and I think a good thing a place to start off with is let's talk about this uh season um actually let's talk about the show itself. Uh this was uh, your baby. How, what made you come up with this idea and uh and talk about your love for cheesy films. Well, I have always loved uh, talking with people and watching bad movies together. And I think the first season we actually watched the movies prior to the chat. And people were invited to come along and watch them with us. So, um, you know, and that was fun. And then we got to discuss the movies. And it's kind of fun to take something that in some cases, some movies that really, you know, probably don't deserve to be talked about as much as we did, but just to sit back and, you know, just try to analyze them and find the good in even what would be considered by most people the bad. Because um, with uh, maybe one exception this this uh, season, I think every one of the films we watched, um, to an extent, we enjoyed. Um, we all enjoyed or we all found the good in. And some of them were more surprising than others. And some we thought would be obvious you know contenders for the final spot and some things changed and it's kind of interesting to see how it went and i know a lot of people's eyebrows shot up because i know a lot of people were thinking some film should have made it but didn't um and so you know it's, it's that kind of the conversations you have and the twists and turns it's, it's all fun and it, and it gives me an excuse to talk a lot so that's always good hey well i i want to take a moment to uh 
recognize the people that are listening live and you can view as well. We're not on video, but we do have a video feed where we'll be trying to um, show what the goings on of the show and all of that. And you'll be able to see a lot of stuff. Um, if you are not a member of the Facebook group, facebook.com uh, forward slash groups forward slash PVS Alliance, I have it. Uh, I have it um, on my my wall and I've posted all over. You can actually see it visually or you can go to our website indyradio.org that's indy radio.org so i see people are there and hey olaf i see olaf is in the audience as well um season two has been pretty cool uh jen has joined the the group and um jen what did you think about this season two i i actually think it worked really well not just because the movies that we all that were chosen were fun but because this is the only venue that I have heard podcast-wise that doesn't get too mired down in just rehashing what the movies are about. We do all kinds of other things, and tangentially, we've had so much fun just coming up with all kinds of little things to notice about these films. So I have to say, it's been eye-opening in some ways, exciting in other ways, and educational also. <clears throat> not only have I learned learned lots of things about you guys, but I've learned so much about the movies that we've presented. So awesome job. Really uh -oh. awesome. She learned stuff about us, uh, King. <laughs> uh -oh, I'm kind of scared of what she, uh, what's, what it is that she might've uh, gotten from. Uh, uh, I have no idea. I am a I'm, blank slate. I'm probably <laughs> projecting and you've probably learned way too much about me. And that's the reason that I feel like, yeah, I have to say that. So just bear with me. <laughs> yes. And we've learned lots about you too, Jen, but we're not going to talk about that on the air. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, this season has been great. Um, the, the next season is going to be even better. And, um, you know, uh, I think that we have two worthy movies uh, that we're going to be uh, focusing on tonight. Uh, well, I know one worthy movie and one. Oh, look at this. He's getting, he's ready to go to war. Got a battle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he's already calling you out there. <laughs> That's funny. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. So um, before we get into the, um, the debate portion of the show, um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to one, uh, recognize the, uh, the people that will be helping us out tonight. And we have two wonderful judges, uh, both, uh, content creators in their own right, both, uh, filmmakers and, uh, podcasters as well. Uh, I'm gonna start off with, of course, ladies first. We have the beautiful and talented Miosha Bean. How you doing, Miosha? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for Thank being you. a part of this. I know you're a big movie buff yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. I'm excited. All right. So thank you. And we'll be hearing from her a little bit later in the show when we get to the debate portion. And also joining us was Florida's in the house because uh, uh, also from, well, I think he's from Texas originally, but he's in uh, Florida right now. It's uh, Josh. How are you doing, Josh? What, I can't be lovely and talented, too? Uh, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to lie to the audience. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go what, ahead and write that down. How to win judges, eh? 
<laughs> yeah, Look, it, you know, if it'll help you score me better, I'll call you lovely and beautiful all day long. <laughs> Look at you playing up the judges right there already. down too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so you're a Texas guy, right? You're not really a Florida guy. Well, I was there for a little while, uh, but I, I really call myself an Alaskan more than anything. Oh wow! See, I didn't even know about that. Uh, the yeah, I guess you did tell me once that you spent some time in Alaska. So. Mm-hmm. One great day, place, great country. One day we're gonna have to have a uh, extensive conversation about that, but not tonight. <laughs> we're we're not gonna do that tonight. But um, thank you for participating, and I appreciate you coming on. And uh, and you were also one of the uh, uh, which I forgot which movie were you on? Uh, we covered the Planet of the Apes. Uh, which one was Conquest? Conquest. Conquest. Yes. Yes. And that was your first time uh, seeing that was it. Definitely too. an experience. It was. It was. That's always Maybe cool. That's- I like to get the first <laughs> impression from someone who has never seen, you know, the movie we're talking about. Yeah. So I, I want to kind of go over the movies that we we uh, covered this season, and um, before we get into our awards, uh, the first movie we we covered was The Omega Man. Uh, we had uh, The Return of the Living Dead, The Warriors, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, Burnt Offerings, Westworld. This is the 1972 or 73 version. Uh, Batman 1966, uh, The Poseidon Adventure, Flash Gordon, and Battle Beyond the Stars were the movies that we covered in the season. So um, it's funny though, um, Westworld and Batman. I didn't. I just realized that they were back to back. They were they were back to back. So they, were we feeling uh, more generous then? You think that that might have uh, no, added to it? No, you know, I was surprised that that's the way it went. Because to be honest, I was thinking that it would have been like uh, Warriors and and Return of the Living Dead. To be honest, right, right. Um, and I don't think it was a case of generosity. I think it was just you know uh, watching the film again and then putting you know over the time. Like I think we were probably harsher on the earlier films, and, right? But I don't think we were gentler on the later ones. Um, and I think. Uh, I just think that that's just the way it came out. We 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 watched the films and we gave our opinions and we rated them as as we saw them at the time. And it just so happened that these two films were the final two. Yeah. Well, one deserved it more than the other. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one thing that we decided to do is uh, uh, the go along with the debate is give our awards, uh, our cinema du fromage season two awards and we the cheesies the cheesies right so um let's start off uh with um the first category and um this is the worst film of the season so i'm gonna start off with you jen because uh ladies first right um talk about uh what you uh gave um it's for the worst film of the year Uh oh, Jen, did we lose you? Uh oh. Uh oh. I think we lost Jen. So let me. I'm oh. here. I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh. My I, somehow I got disconnected. I'm here. Oh okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm glad you heard everything we were talking about. Now, I what's did. your thoughts on that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually hear. I could hear you oh. guys. You couldn't hear me. Oh. Okay. Um, Anyone who has been listening to our podcast knows, and it will become as no great surprise, that I share absolutely zero love for the Omega Man. 
I, I have had some time to reflect about why I think that this was the worst film that we looked at over the course of our season here. And what I have come up with is it simply didn't work for me. And I don't mean it didn't work as in like there weren't some redeeming values. There were some interesting things going on. But overall, I couldn't get past the ridiculousness of the way it was presented. So not being able to kind of get past that stopped every other idea that I had about how I might find some kind of redemption in it. It just didn't work. And th- I think that's why I chose it as the worst one. Hmm. All right. So what about, what about you, King? Oh, is there any doubt what I picked for this one? <laughs> I said at the time we watched it, I, and I, I stick by this. Uh, burnt Offerings uh, was a burnt piece of crap. <laughs> uh, I can't, could not stand it. It was just so... Everything did not work in that film. It's tone, everything. The acting, they tried, but oh my God, I just kept waiting for the thing to be over. And that's not a good sign when you're watching a film that you want, you know, we're hoping the ending comes sooner than later. And that film was that for me. I, I was barely entertained through the whole thing. Um, and when I wasn't, I was just baffled by the choices that were made. So, yeah, that's that's my stinker for this uh, this season. Okay, it's interesting. So mine is Burnt Offerings as well. But I, I will also say, I think Burnt Offerings was more cinema de fromage than maybe the other films i think i think in a way it was more in line with i think the original concept of the uh, the show so i think it's a, a perfect it was a perfect addition to the um the the roster of films that we did because it really fit the criteria probably even better than the other films that we had so Although I would say it's my least favorite of the, the movies, but I think it's more. It, if we had a, a category of the, the most cinema de fromage, I guess we kind of do, number two in a way, but um, I think Burnt Offerings is it. So I, I pick Burnt Offerings as my least favorite of the films, but it's probably the most cinema de fromage y. So, all right, so uh, let's go to our second category. And that is the cheesiest film. So we're going to start off with you, King. What was your cheesiest film? My cheesiest film also happens to be my favorite film and the one I'm defending tonight. And that would be Batman 1966. I mean, you can't get purer cheese than that film. Um, everything had its most... Flash Gordon, it's a close second. Because then it's also a nice Technicolor uh, feast for the eyes. But there has to be something said. And I will defend this later so i'm not going to give away all my cards right now i'm just going to say that was my pick for the cheesiest film okay um i my pick for the cheesiest film um i kind of went against my thing but i almost want to go change it but i actually picked the omega man as the cheesiest film i mean you know when you see the the crazy zombies in there and um you know and uh, what was it the hunky paradise <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite line in any of these movies. It, it is. It is. That's a. That is a great line. Donkey uh, Paradise, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's what Chuck was living in. Yeah, I. 
But yeah, it's 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 a very cheesy film. Uh, I I would give uh, that to the Omega Man. What about you, Jen? Uh, my cheesiest film of the season was Flash Gordon. <laughs> I mean, that's a good pick. Great yep. pick. <laughs> and 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 I chose Flash Gordon, I think, as being the cheesiest because. I still can't watch Flash Gordon without laugh out loud moments that just entertain me beyond belief. So, <laughs> absolutely adore it. All right. Okay, so let's go to number three. Mm-hmm. And I will start that one off. Uh, this is the least convincing actor of this season. And I picked uh, Montgomery uh, as uh, David. Um, Roth from Burt Offerings. That's the kid from uh, oh. Burnt Offerings. Uh, okay. <laughs> that kid. <laughs> you know, I, I generally don't like children in a lot of stuff unless you're going to be Haley Joel Osmond or something like that. <laughs> you know, but uh, so he got the the annoying kid award. It could have been the kid from Poseidon Adventure, but he kind of he kind of uh, earned his stripes a little bit by giving good you know good info. Yeah, he was useful. Right. So, I, you know, I, I'm i kind of prejudiced against children. So uh, I gave it to uh, poor uh, Montgomery. Uh, um, I mean, uh, the actor's name is Montgomery. So I think it's Lee Montgomery. Uh, for some reason, I guess I cut, cut it off. Best uh, death scene, though, eh? Oh, great death scene. That death scene is one of the... You know what? We should have had... We're going to have to add this one is the cheesiest death scene. That one... Would definitely oh, yeah. would. That's the best death <laughs> scene of down. all of all the movies is in Burn Offerings uh, when he, uh, spoiler alert, gets it. So, uh, <laughs> what about you, Jen? What was your least convincing, convincing actor? Uh, Richard Thomas as Shad in Battle Beyond the Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I know he. <laughs> look, I know he wanted to be Luke Skywalker, but ooh, boy, it was uh, that that was pretty unconvincing. Also, just uh, just sort of as a, a quick FYI, I, I could not when I when I first saw Battle Beyond the Stars, it was it was quite a few years ago, and I could not get past the idea that I was watching John Boy Walton, <laughs> this sort of quasi space explorer. I just couldn't. I, it was just too funny. <laughs> All right, what about you, King? Okay, um, you'll have to forgive me because I cannot remember. I did not look up the name of the actor, mm-hmm. but maybe I can find it right here while I'm waiting. And yeah, probably not. Uh, it would be from my least favorite film, uh, Burnt Offerings. It would be the evil chauffeur. <laughs> I know he was supposed to be scary. All he did was sit there and just <clears throat> grin. It's like, well, you, okay. I, I think his name was Anthony James, if I'm looking at my pictures here correctly. Um, yeah, I'm glad he didn't have any dialogue, or if he did, I don't remember any of it. But yeah, if he was supposed to be creepy, didn't work. He just seemed like a creep, and that was it. You know, he was pretty creepy to me. It was in what way? What way was he creepy? I don't know. It's just something about a chauffeur. A limit. Just because you sit there and grin at somebody doesn't make you creepy. It just makes you a creep. Well, a lemon. There's something creepy about a. a who was he? A hearse? What was he driving? A hearse or a limousine? I yeah. Think. No, he was just a limo driver. No, he was a chauffeur. No, no, he drove the hearse. Right. Yeah, he, he drove, drove the hearse. hearse. Wait, yeah. the kid was sitting in the hearse, and he was dressed no. as a limo driver. No, 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 not exactly. But without going into the movie all over again, it's scared. It, it was supposed to be the representation of what scared uh, 
it, of what was scary about it. Not yeah. that he particularly was scary. Well, yeah. there you go. And and so, as I said earlier, failed in all levels. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I he was creepy to me. He had a, his shit eating. Okay, that's fair. His that's shit, fair. his shit eating grin was pretty. <laughs> for scary. <laughs> In retrospect, I kind of think he was cute now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Any weirdo the out there, any weirdo like wants a date. And creepy. Any weirdo <laughs> out there that needs a date, I know the lady for you. <laughs> a man in black. Oh, Jesus. With a winning smile and no eyes. All right. All right. So, number four. Um, this is the least convincing actress of the season. So we'll go with you, Jen. Who is your Lisa? Uh, least convincing actress of the season for me was unfortunately Shelley Winters in the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I she don't was know nominated how... for that. <laughs> I know, I know. Which, which, which makes me feel oddly like at odds with the world. But oh my God. I, I You know, there are some scenes where it just screams overacting, and I just felt like everything that she was doing was overacting. And and I I know I know exactly what you're saying, but I, I, that it just it keeps sticking with me over and over again. If you ask me, what about the Poseidon Adventure? Do you remember? I always remember overacting Shelley Winters. So <laughs> that's saying a lot with overacting. Um, oh, what's his name again? Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What, what? Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> yeah, you can. You got, Ernest yeah. Borgnine. Yes. <laughs> if, I was going to say, if she outshines him, then you know what? She deserves that award. <laughs> mm-hmm. All See, right. so there you go. Okay, so uh, what about you, King? Who was your least convincing actress? Oh, Karen Black, that pancake-faced, cross-eyed woman. She was stiff and boring and dull and... Uh, I guess she was possessed by the house. Couldn't tell. Didn't care. And how she was supposed to have changed at the end. Spoiler alert. Sorry. But don't go see this film. So I'm not spoiling anything for you. Um, <laughs> it did not work. I just uh, Every scene she was in, I'm like going, oh, you're insipid. Uh, are you trying to act scared? I don't get it. Okay. Hey, I Next. like Clay. I like Karen Black, and I love her pancake face. <laughs> <laughs> cross-eyed pancake face. It is nothing like a cross-eyed woman, I tell you. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> if she is looking at another man, you could put it down to the defect in her eye. <laughs> That's what I say. I'm, when I'm caught, I just say I'm cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my least. Oh, I'm sorry, you had something. No, no, go ahead. I'm waiting for yours. My least convincing actress of the season. I'm shocked no one. Uh, I thought this would have been a slam dunk. It is Carol Lindley as Nani Pari in the Poseidon Adventure. That is the crime. Uh, She's the, the band leader who I almost yes. went with her. just cried oh. the whole movie. It was so annoying. And there was. Yeah, you know, I tuned her out. That's probably why I don't. <laughs> I didn't even register afterwards. I'm not an evil person, but I ain't gonna lie. I was kind of because I, for, I I didn't remember it that well, but I was kind of low key hoping that she ended up dying. Uh, you know, I was like, <laughs> let her slip down a ladder to her death or something because she was so annoying. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, and the funny thing was uh, Red Buttons 
was like he his character was like so hoping to to make it to safety so he could bone her. You know, like he was just like he's I like hope no they'd stop long enough. <laughs> right. It's like well, uh, you can't uh, go any further. Yeah. See you guys. I, I think I would have given up. Yeah, I, I think I would have been like, you know what, it's not worth it. Uh <laughs> you know. Her, so, her or him. Uh <laughs> her. Because <laughs> they both had a bad choice. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, so let's go to number five. All right, this is the worst line of the season. So uh, I believe it's on you, King Penguin. What was the worst line for you in the season? From the broadcast during Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Ape management is now in the hands of the apes. (laughs) Imagine turning on the news and watching and hearing that coming out of the newscaster's mind. (laughs) Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, what uh, I guess it was on me. Uh, worst line of the season for me. Um, you know what? I, I like so many of them, and I, you know it, it was so hard. Uh, so I just, you know, I I just came up with something. So this was Zed. To fight creatures of violence, you must use creatures of violence. Uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, nineteen eighty. So that was my uh, least favorite. Uh, so. Because uh, that's just kind of silly. So, <laughs> what about you, Jen? What was your worst line? Uh, my <clears throat> my answer also comes from Battle Beyond the Stars. It's uh, <laughs> does your species have kissing? Oh, <laughs> uh, that could be from any of the Star Trek episodes of the nineteen sixties. It's so cheesy, it, and it, it it's funny because that line, like you said, that line could work just about anywhere. But it's just as cheesy in any setting. So now, Jen, I gotta use that in a bar. I think sometime. Jen, tell the truth. Have you ever asked that question? Um, not recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Does that count? Uh, no. <laughs> well, I, well, I can't really talk about the convention because the first rule of the convention is don't talk about the convention. So I'm sorry. <laughs> right. All right, so now we're getting to number six, which is worst art direction. I'll I'll go. Uh, I'll start that off. Um, I you know I didn't hate any of the art direction from uh, these films, but I think probably my least favorite, uh, mainly because I know where they shot it at, and you know <laughs> I, I actually see that area all the time. Um, and so I gave it to Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, because they shot that in uh, Culver City. Uh, California and like, you know, I'm just sitting there looking at it like that's not that special, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> it's so, the future, right? <laughs> it's like I've been there a million times. So I'm sorry, Century City, not Culver City. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so actually, I think me and one of the judges was was there recently. So oh, uh, you, you should have taken pictures there uh, and see if you can get some of the spots in there. You know, the spot where I he's have. coming down the steps. Where he, you know, he sees the ape. That would have been awesome. Yeah, me and one of the judges, uh, you can guess which one it was, went to to a movie there in that area. So, so, uh, so I was searching. So uh, I have Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. So what do you have, Jen? I have the Omega Man. <laughs> and let me tell you uniquely why I have the Omega Man. Uh-huh. There is this one scene where he is sitting outside on his balcony. And I swear to God... The entire scene looks like it was constructed out of cardboard 
I, I don't <laughs> understand why it looks that way. Maybe it was the lighting. Maybe it was something else. But I could not get over the idea that they had somehow constructed this at a kindergarten play set. <laughs> and that, so, yeah, I just, I got you. That was just so bad for me. Mm. <laughs> okay. So. It's funny you should mention that. That's going to come up in another category. But uh, <laughs> I chose Battle Beyond the Stars. Mm. Um, nothing looked more like a set in a movie studio thrown together like that movie. Every little piece they can get together. This looks kind of sci-fi, throw it together. Uh, the city scene where everyone's standing around, they've got these tubes going up in the air for no reason. It was just like bad, 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 boring. Ugh, terrible. Mm. And and poorly lit. Yeah. I mean, you compare that to Flash Gordon and all of the sets they use there, like Ming's Palace, like that's an amazing set. And you go to the next movie, Battle Beyond the Stars, and you see the the big city that they're supposedly in and it's like uh, oh oh you're in a cave okay <laughs> okay i guess that's uh that counts as a set <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's go to number seven number seven is least politically correct so we'll start off with I'm gonna, i'll bet you all three of us are gonna say the same thing but let's see uh actually i don't think mine is gonna be like yours oh really but, okay uh, it probably should be the one that you're thinking of. So, uh, yeah. uh, I'll go first. I actually put the Poseidon adventure as, uh, wow. my least politically correct, because I felt like the, the, they didn't treat hoes right in that movie. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, the, um, the whole cop <laughs> hoe. I just want to rewind that for a second and make sure I heard that right. So the least political thing, thing was they didn't treat hoes right is that what I? Heard? they didn't treat like they, i didn't like that the cop hoe thing that was pretty that, that was kind of creepy um okay you know that what was the line he said is i i arrested you like 80 times before you decided to marry me yeah, that <laughs> like, definitely was creepy yeah so uh, you know um so i would i have to say and then there was a then I think by now today's uh, standards, there was some kind of there was some little sexism in there, and uh, in that movie. And then remember all the the fat shaming as well. Oh, mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. you know, and then there was uh, you know there was some uh, you know, and then there was you know the red button stuff was kind of you know uh, on that borderline, and you know, so if they used the stuff from the book that I talked about. We'd have yes. really been. <laughs> yeah, we would have all voted that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad they didn't. So uh, I would. I, I put the Poseidon Adventure. So uh, what about you, Jen? Uh, I went with the straight and narrow and chose the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, okay. I, I, I found that. You know, I know we talked about this in the season, but there was something sort of uniquely uh, misogynistic about the Warriors that definitely rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. Yeah, and so, homophobic too. Homophobic, slightly rapey, all kinds of just yeah. slightly rapey. Yeah, slightly. I mean, if it's slightly <laughs> okay, rapey, maybe overtly rapey. Yeah, rapey. If it's slightly rapey, is it really bad though? If it's only slightly, right? Well, <laughs> they did arrest to him. me. It, to me, it was not. It was like just like I mean, it actually made me cringe. And 
partly I think it made me cringe because we've just come so far mm-hmm. in terms of how we would represent that. Even even if it was a thing today, we would represent it so differently. And so just the idea that, oh, hey, this is okay, made me just go, uh, no, this mm. is bad. Okay. Uh, and King? Well, surprised that we were all not on this one, but I went with Omega Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a movie that was trying to be open-minded and, and failed spectacularly on so many levels. I mean, right down to from lines even, but that's pure Anglo-Saxon blood, baby, <laughs> and you know things like that. If you were the last man in the world, not you were the last girl. Well, here you are. It's like okay, I guess you're gonna settle. Is that how you're thinking about it? I don't know. And just the fact that the two writers were very, very white folk <laughs> trying to write street urban talk, as they thought they were doing at the time. So you had this jive-talking woman that was, zombie. sounded so <laughs> terrible. Yeah, the jive-talking zombie talking about uh, Honky Paradise. Oh, uh, yeah, the Honky Paradise. There you go. Yeah. That should be my favorite cheesy line. You know what? But... Coolio should remake his uh, g- Gangster Paradise to Honky Paradise. <laughs> I call it hunky paradise. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah. So okay. So uh, you picked the Mega Man. I, that was my. That was gonna be it. But then I, I tilted to the uh, Poseidon Avenger. So. All right. So let's get to number eight. We're moving right along. Uh, worst special effects. So I think it's on me. Worst special okay. effects. I gave it to the Flash Gordon Hawkman battle scene. Uh, (laughs) That that is is the silliest, one of the silliest things I've ever seen in my life. And uh, (laughs) thousands of Hawkmen hung on strings. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the one that I I picked was the, uh, that scene. So. All right, so King. Okay, so uh, this was sort of mentioned as part of the set pieces thing. Uh, The worst special effect is from Omega Man, Mm -hmm. and it is the outside balcony of Neville's uh, right after he's attacked, and then you see in the background, and the city is burning, and it is like a cardboard cutout city (laughs) actual flame shooting up, and I'm going, was that supposed to fool anybody? Because, look, I'm watching on a pretty okay size screen but if you blow that sucker up to cinema sky size that's going to be more obvious than it was on my tv uh I, I, as much as the blue screen stuff from flash gordon look kind of cheesy the battlefield earth stuff looked kind of cheesy uh there was at least some effort done this was sort of like uh, we got to put it back put a black drape that would have worked better no no we got to get that city out there paint these things black and put little lit windows on them and then set them on fire Okay, we got a burning city. They spent all their money on the actors, so they didn't have a lot left over. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. That's what it is. Uh, what about you, Jen? What was your worst special effect? Okay, my worst special effect <laughs> that goes to burnt offerings. Not because there was any one in particular that stood out, but because, well, let's face it, there really were none to speak of. The wave in the pool, <laughs> the giant fan blowing the trees, the crashing of the car. Know. 
The falling uh, of the chimney? <laughs> that was pretty the good. The, the attack of the trees? <laughs> even as the house was rebuilding itself, I still, some, you know, some guy is up there just like, you know, instead of snow, he's got bricks going down the side of the house. It was just too, <laughs> there just were no special effects to be, nothing could be worse than trying to pretend that there's special effects in your movie and then not delivering them. So burnt <laughs> offerings gets my choice. Burnt offerings. It is a burnt offering. All right, so let's go to number nine, the sexiest character. So we're going to go to Jen because she is our expert in all things sexy. Go ahead, Jen. Who's yours? <laughs> well, it's actually a human, so I'm sure everyone's going to be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, there's something I didn't learn this year. <laughs> I, okay. I actually... I actually chose young Timothy Dalton as Prince Baron in Flash Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know why, but really, he actually was pretty sexy back in the day. Damn. I'm sure he's happy to hear that. I'm, I'm sure. Also, <laughs> just so that he knows, you know, Kinte has my phone number. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll slide it over to him. I'll slide it over to him. Um, my sexiest character is Sybil Danning as Saint Exum from uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. Uh, okay. I mean, come on, you can't get more. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, she she had some uh, she had some uh, a special set Assets. of skills uh, <laughs> that uh, made her uh, very very uh, necessary to the film, and um, you know she was you know she definitely was a standout. In that uh, <laughs> in that movie, so I gave it to Sybil Danning as Saint uh, Exum. What, what about you? Uh, I went for um, let's see, that would be uh, Lisa, hmm. as played by um, uh, Rosalind Cash in uh, Omega Man. Oh, okay. I I, I dug the uh, brown leather outfit, and there was something about her. I, not the dress she wore, but she she carried herself with all that. You know, she had charm. She had she had presence, and there was something about her. I like. I went Charlton. Good choice. Well, he didn't have a choice. She was the last woman on earth. But you know how. <laughs> and she's the only one of the women in this, <laughs> or, or men in the, or any of the movies who had a nude scene. That's true. So you got what? Wait a minute. Over. Um, Return of the Living Dead. Oh yes, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, trash. But, you know when you, when she turns to a zombie later, it kind of ruins it. Or uh, are you think of the one that was on the table. Uh, well, I was talking about her when she was <laughs> not a. Uh, well, she was pretty hot too. The one on the table. <laughs> yes. I like the woman with a leaky spine. Oh my god, it's so sexy. Definitely. <laughs> she's just oozing sex <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, she's, oozing. she's just oozing. She's definitely oozing. All right. So here's our last one. Um, this is film that most needs a remake. Um, and I, I guess it's on me. Um, now, this one, okay. Omega Man's been remade. The Warrior, I mean, um, Planet of the Apes has been remade. Uh, Westworld's been remade. Of course, Batman. Um, so it was kind of a diff in Poseidon Adventure. It was a little different from what what was left over for me. So really, I just picked Flash Gordon. Uh, you know, even though I guess it's been remade too. I totally forgot about that. So, 
But I just picked Flash Gordon as uh, the one uh, for the remake. But that remake really sucked. So, but then the Poseidon Adventure one sucked too. But I would say Flash Gordon. Uh, so, what about you, King? I agree, Flash Gordon. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to count the uh, series that they tried to do because it was it was everything you do, that they tried to do with remakes that they shouldn't do. I want to see Flash Gordon done with the same kind of idea that they want to recreate that kind of comic book feel, but with better special effects so that you can actually make that world even more immersive and yet still have that weird comic-y feel and just have that interesting retro sort of um, art deco sci-fi feel. So I would love to see that and, and you know, keep to the, to the spirit of the thing. Don't try to make it edgier. Don't try to do, you know, all this other stuff. Keep to it. Make it fun. Just make it you know, that you can see more of Mongo, see more of the stuff that, you know, and have it more fantastic. Mm. All right. And then Jen. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go with the Warriors. And Warriors. my, in a perfect world, I actually think that the Warriors would be an excellent Broadway play. Mm. Or the baseball theories would want to play. Yes. <laughs> no, no, not campy, not campy, oh, totally okay. not campy. Absolutely, mm. positively. Okay, like, then you can't serious... have the baseball theories. Pure period. Then. Well, we 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 could have them, but we would have to come up with some, you know, super serious music. I don't know. I'm sure I could come <laughs> up with something. Those guys. Hilarious. <laughs> the... Yeah. Well, I mean, the... maybe we could X them out and throw something else in between. But I am so. That would be such an amazing, all kidding aside, I'm not actually proposing that they do a musical. I really think that the Warriors set in a present day New York where they had uh, more of an emphasis on social inequality in terms of class would be an excellent film. I mean, there's so many options, especially the way that New York is still sort of all patchwork, but mm, patchwork even maybe more so based on socioeconomic kind of pieces. I just feel like it would be an amazing uh, movie to remake. I, uh, I agree. If it, if, Hey, if it's done right, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it can be. Cause I think you just turn it into something very serious and then it would lose anything that is the charm of that movie. Cause put it this way, modern New York is still, not the gritty hellhole that they were able to use as sets um, back then. And you really can't have those weird, bizarre gangs that are floating around, you know, that are like, okay, those okay. guys with the top hats and the mimes and all the other stuff. I know I know that they're, that's not scary, and maybe that, but that's what the audience wants, something gritty, but then it won't be the Warriors anymore. It'll just be a gang movie. Okay, so, okay, so I, I have a better pitch. The better pitch is take the okay. Warriors and put it in present-day Mexico City. <laughs> okay. Mm. I, I, this could work. This could totally work. Look, I'll write the screenplay. You guys write the quippy lines. It'll be perfect. Okay. Oh, no, I want sure. you to do the quippy line. As long as it's got wrestlers who do not take off their masks. Um, I could totally be down for that. <laughs> All right. We could get John Cena. See, <laughs> Look, we already have. He's not a, but he's not a Mexican wrestler. I don't care. The, we could the... find a place for him. Star power, you know. Okay. The rest I of have the Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing. Uh, what's his face? The guy in the beginning. You know, cultural appropriation is every other movie. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll 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 try to we'll try to get a little bit more authentic here. We'll make. I know. I know. We could do The Rock as 
uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, it, his name is escaping me, but Cyrus. you know, uh, the, Cyrus. yeah, the guy in the it's Cyrus. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. that's what I was thinking. That yeah. was Cyrus. Because he could do that line, can you dig it, and, and, yep. and pull it off. And yep. then he'd say, can you smell what the rock is cooking? And then he could die, and then, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally liking this. See, we already got a movie going. Look at this. <laughs> Cinema du fromage. I don't know. I'm still on that whole Flash Gordon kick. I want to see <laughs> I want to see a fantasy uh, movie again that's, you know, that is not afraid to be a fantasy movie. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, your mouth, God's ears, right? <laughs> so we'll see if if uh, anything like that will happen. So let's let's bring in our judges. Uh, once again, I'm going to start off. I'm going to reintroduce our judges to everybody. Uh, we have uh, the Miosha Bean. How are you doing, Miosha? Good. I'm really good. All right. So are you ready to... To get to some judging. I'm ready to judge. All right. All right. <laughs> and also we have with us uh, Joshua. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing well. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to keep things neutral, you know, so I don't give away too much. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. And he's like, I'm doing well. <laughs> you sound like a villain there. All right, so this is how this is how it's gonna go. And soon the world will be destroyed, Mister Bond. <laughs> All right, so we and there's have nothing you can do about it, especially pressing that button I've left in front of you. <laughs> All right, so we have this is how we're gonna do it. We have um, seven topics that we're gonna debate. We're gonna have uh, you know we're gonna flip a coin. We're gonna do a digital coin flip. Um, okay. uh, uh, Jen gets to pick because she's a girl. And then whoever wins the coin flip gets to decide if they want to go first or they want the other person to go first. You guys will take turns doing your debate. And um, also uh, what will happen is that um, the, the judges will write down who won. And then at the very end, we'll go over each question, who won, tally up the scores, and booyah, we'll have the winner. Okay, pretty simple, right? Uh, and just to let you know, Jen, while you're talking, I will be walking around behind you, <laughs> lumbering behind you, breathing heavily oh. through my nose. Nope, no pressure, just to let you know that you have pepper spray on my desk, so just, yeah, <laughs> FYI. <laughs> so you guys have your pen and paper so you can take down your notes? Yep. All right. Okay, so... Um, also, we will we have uh, we have a, um, uh, a a countdown. You'll hear at one minute. You will hear uh, my lovely voice uh, letting you know you have one minute left. And then at thirty seconds, you will hear that, and there'll be a five second countdown. And then it'll be time to end. So let's start off with the uh, the coin flip. Um, Jen, since you are the lady, do you want heads or tails? Uh, I'll take tails. All right, so there we go. And if you're on, you can see I'm doing this live. All right, flipping. It is heads. So, King, you win. Do you want to go first, or do you want to to go second? I, I you know what? I will let Jen go first. Okay. All right. He's gonna let you go first. All right. Okay. 
So let's get to topic one. Topic one is production value. So you're going to tell about why the production value in your film is pretty good. Are you ready? I'm ready. Judges, are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. All right. After you hear the five, four, three, two, one countdown, then you begin. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Okay, while Westworld's productions, while the production values of Westworld may have seemed overly simplistic at first, and to be fair, the sets are fairly sparse, the film centers on the guest experience with robots, and imagination is a critical function of Westworld's charm. So they may seem spartan by design. The Old West feels less lavish and more rustic, with wide streets perfect for gunfighters to shoot it out. It is, however, the camera work of Westworld that demonstrates a true excellence in production values. In most scenes, the rule of thirds is applied, especially as we ease into the Westworld experience. But as the movie continues, we begin to see compositional shots that track left to right. And depending upon the scene, we can see that our hero or our villain is escaping from one side or the other. The gunslinger, as he travels in and out of view, continues to track across the screen to the left, while John Blaine continues to track across the screen to the right. It's quite an interesting juxtaposition in comparison to the beginning of the film, which which pretty much, again, applies the rule of thirds all, all through. <clears throat> the, the camera seems to be very stationary, especially during those shots, and that gives us the ultimate spectator perspective in this epic chase. As a final thought, I'd like to say that the locations for this movie were so organic and well incorporated that the Canyon Desert, feeling scorched and unlivable, had an incredibly real expanse that was meant to keep the guests from roaming from place to place, and we could feel that. In short, the locations were thoroughly thought through to reach maximum impact. All right. All right, so you are done. Okay, so that was the first one. So, judges, you guys. Very uh, dramatic. Yeah, very dramatic, right? All right. <laughs> okay, so uh, it is now on King Penguin. Are you ready? Production value. I is ready. All right, here we go. What can you say about a movie that has a bat cave, bat copter, batmobile, and bat boat all in the same film, each with its own unique designs? A cave with complete with every kind of computer, each labeled meticulously down to anything from the bat odor analyzer to the whiff of bat spray that Batman pulls out of his utility belt. Beautiful sets such as the Penguin submarine, as well as the criminal's lair above the bar. Amazingly tilted angles for the weird and wacky stuff that is going on. The costumes, of course, each one of these heroes wearing uh, their own particular brand of bright colors and garish stuff. And just the overall feel of the fun of the movie. Kinetically moving when it needs to and standing still when it has to. Uh, Using any kind of special effects they could for the time, including back proje- rear projection where you can watch Batman and Robin run down the streets of Gotham to One save minute. the day. Every bit of this film contains an interesting, odd little piece into it that shows the type of meticulous work that the people put into it. The props, the sets, everything. 
There is no way, there's not a scene in this thing that doesn't have something of interest to the eye. Even the fake rubber shark in the beginning. <laughs> Holy production value, Batman. This one's a winner. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so judges, you've heard both arguments. Uh, take a, Let me know when you guys are ready for us to move on to the next question and you guys then you're voting. I have my decision down. All right. All right. So number two is storyline. So um, King Penguin is goes first because we're going to go back and forth. So you are going to talk about uh, the storyline of your film. So here we go. Okay. What can we say about this film storyline that can't be said? Everything. This is the most insane story. It's like a walking nightmare in some ways and a weird lucid dream in others uh the plot follows along that man makes no sense but it is so wonderfully wacky and bizarre you have a hero who sits there who could say whatever he wants and villains who leave the most obscure clues and yet this hero in this insane world could put things together for example a blimp could fly overhead and batman would go blimp gas what has gas robin why farts farts Oh, that happens when I'm driving. Right. We have to go to the Gotham Indy and get the villains before they steal the money. They would go there. That makes no sense. And yet the villains would be there. It is that kind of weird, twisted logic that runs throughout this film. It makes no sense. And yet it is so fun and wonderful to watch. The villains take everything so seriously and yet don't. The hero is so stolid and yet they can't even, you know, they can't even realize how silly they really are and how silly everything is around them it's just this weird surrealistic world and the plot just drives it such a way that it goes from set piece to set piece in such a fun manner you can't not enjoy this film it's always good for a laugh and is always fun and that's important in a film alright alright great 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 alright so uh, that was the King Penguin debate now let's go to jen are you ready jen storyline i am ready okay here we go we have often seen science fiction of today become the reality of tomorrow and westworld is no exception the idea of a computer virus and three-dimensional virtual reality and theme parks where clients interact with mechanical inhabitants were all suggested in Westworld and basically have come to pass. The suggestions of a world where decadence and overindulgence without consequence has been written about before, but perhaps never so eloquently produced in visual style. Few stories before Westworld gave us such personal and intimate view of our relationships with emerging technology as it related to our own nefarious needs to be entertained and control others. And in that, Westworld was groundbreaking. The cautionary tale of Westworld is that when we play God, we must be ready for our creators to fall from grace. Indeed, must, I'm sorry, creations to fall from grace. Indeed, much like the Garden of Eden story upended, we the creators are chased from our own paradise as an extended metaphor we are all running from our sin in a relentless race that we either turn and confront or ultimately succumb to that is westworld all right okay that 
with storyline. Uh, both participants have made their debates and judges. Let us know when you are ready for us to move on to the next I'm one. I'm locked in. Okay. All right. Okay. So they're quick. They're making quick decisions. Okay. We'll see how that plays into everything. This one is about the cast. So you're going to talk about why your the cast is so awesome or not. So we're going to start off with you, Jen. Uh, you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Michael Myers was based in part on the gunslinger as played by Yule Brenner. Yule Brenner's deadpan expression and ability to maintain perfect symmetry and control of his body, thus replicating an android, was a superlative stroke of genius. As the quintessential Maleficent force of the movie, his performance is unparalleled not because he expresses a range of acting, but because he can suppress them so well. As John Blaine, James Brolin, compels us to think about the horror of being stalked by a monster that seemingly has no human limitations, John Blaine brings us a feeling of real abject terror to the screen that turns to ingenuity and resourcefulness that perhaps only humans can truly muster. The supporting cast does an admirable job job of playing both dissolute part guests and larger-than-life robotic characters that cater to all whims necessary. Victoria Shaw as the medieval queen is a shining example of exceptional acting as the android meant to please all of the guests. I must say, though, that Yule Brenner and John Blaine stand out, and purposefully so, I believe, in the narrative, as the narrative comes down to the battle of their wits and endurance. All right. Okay. All right, so, King Penguin, it's on you. Are you ready? I am. Here we go, the cast. Well, first I can say, no Brolin is in this movie. There's a good start there. However, with the actual cast there, nobody in, in this day and age where we have a dark version of Batman, Adam West's portrayal still stands and shines to the point where he's still recognizable as the caped crusader. May not be the dark knight that we all know, but there is something about that portrayal. His straight delivery and yet comedic timing is impeccable. Burt Ward as Robin is absolutely his best and only role. There's a reason for that. He has this over-the-top exuberance and his way he shouts out his lines and pounds his fists and carries on in such a way there is so much joy and exuberance in his performance that even if he's not the greatest actor in the world, he becomes Robin. The villains, of course, all great actors in their own right. Burgess Meredith, Cesar Romero, and of course... uh, Frank Gorshin as the Riddler, each one of them just living in their roles and having the most fun that they can have. They each pull it off. And then the replacement uh, Catwoman, uh, Meriwether, does such a good job where she plays both Catwoman and the mysterious Miss Kitka. Everyone in this movie plays their roles to the right note. They all understand the material they're dealing with. It's not supposed to be too serious, but the characters all have to play it like it is serious. Except for the villains, who are having more fun than anybody else in this whole film. And it is chose, and it is a fun just to watch everyone's performance. All right. All right. So that concludes uh, number question number three. 
All right, it's going pretty well. I'm glad I'm not one of the judges because this is a this is going to be tough. Um, so, <laughs> so judges, uh, let us know when you are you have everything uh, taken down, and then we will move on. I'm ready. All right. I, I, I'm actually taking an extra second here. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I, I'm I'm good. Okay, all right. So this next one is the villains. So this is going to be very interesting as well. So uh, King Penguin goes first. So uh, here we go. Uh, you, you ready? Ready. All right, here we go. Yep. Well, as I said before, the villains are a joy to watch. Batman is not facing one or two, but he's facing four of his deadliest foes, and each one of them a unique and bizarre creature in themselves. The performances of each of the actors and the villains they play is just amazing because if you watch, there's little plays between each of them, little moments that you can actually see where the Joker and the Riddler get into a little bit of a tussle over whether or not Riddle's going to be put out to lure Batman. The fact they all sit around and you know do this sort of Mary May dance around when they think they got Batman, only to find out, once again, they've been foiled. They're insanity of their plot is just fun to watch. I mean, I'm sorry. The whole idea is that they did everything up to that moment just to dehydrate the United Nations so that they could hold the world hostage. It's insane, and yet they pull it off. My favorite moment, though, with them all is when they're going into the United Nations, all of them in their weird costumes, all put on the domino masks so no one can figure out who they are when they pull this this off. It is just one of those weird, insane things just to watch these people do these weird things, riding around on giant umbrellas and getting into those great fist fights, especially the big fight at the end. Ugh. How can you not love these guys? All right. Okay, yeah. That's... There we go. All right, so, um, uh, Jen, let me know when you're ready. Uh, <clears throat> I'm ready. All right, here we go. As villains go, it's really hard to compete with an unfeeling, completely amoral set of creatures set in park, into the park, in motion, by a group of others. Uh -oh. oh, I'm sorry. I lost you guys for just a second. Mm -hmm. I'm back. I'm so sorry. Okay. Can I restart my time? <laughs> okay, we'll start it over alright let's try this again as villains go it's hard to compete with unfeeling completely immoral beings created by the men and women who use them for their own depraved purposes their rebellion as a whole created a villainous body of characters <clears throat> that act in single minded focus to destroy the unwitting guests much like the zombie hordes of The Walking Dead, Westworld's robot rebellion via virus is forcibly frightening. The standout bad guy, of course, is the gunslinger, and as villains go, he's both deadly and single-minded. I see why he's the catalyst for Michael Myers. He just keeps on coming. The part of the gunslinger that makes him so convincing, however, is his breathtaking ability to react without emotion in the wake of fear, injury, or obstacle. 
There are very few characters that have such drive that aren't emotionally motivated and thus that we understand. The gunslinger wants to kill and that's and that is all. All right, are we uh, finished? I guess that is all. That is all. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, so we did uh, the villains. And um, judges, let us know when you are ready for us to uh, continue on. I'm good. All right. Yep. Oh, okay. All right. So this one is originality. So um, we are going to start with uh, you, Jen. Let us know when you're ready, and we'll get this bad boy going. Okay. I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> Michael Crichton wrote Westworld as an original screenplay. It's rumored that he was inspired by a trip to Disneyland after seeing the hyper-realistic animatronics of the Pirates of the Caribbean. It's both ahead of its time and timely. It provided the new idea of inclusive entertainment that was an immersive world. But unlike other stories that dealt with catering to desire of human guests, Westworld blended both technology and the emergence of AI as a means to deliver our heart's desire without consequence. The vastness of the world building was breathtaking in its inception. Multiple ideas were presented as deliverance to hungry guests. While the script was sparse of quippy one-liners, the originality of the visual narrative made the story incredibly original in presentation. Crichton wanted film, a film that, with scenes that manipulated the, the same thing that a computer would see. <clears throat> he shopped the film around to several special effects houses. He even approached the Jet Propulsion Labs. Eventually, Westworld found a special effects house that could feature the same kind of scene that a computer would see. For us, it's a pixelated world, but by its standard, by the standard of its day, it was an incredible technological advance. 30 seconds. All right. So when, are we done? Are, are we finished or are we done? He just likes to hear the sound of his voice. Jen. I'm here. Oh, are she we said she's done. Oh, I didn't hear it. Okay. I, I said end. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. She, she, she made her point, she says. Oh, okay. I didn't I hear did. it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't hear that. Can right. I have her extra time? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, are you ready, uh, King? As ready as I'll ever be. All right. Here we go. Originality. Okay, I want you to put yourself in the place now. Don't think of where we are nowadays, where there's superhero films coming out of the yin-yang. Put yourself back into 1966. The last time a superhero was on the film was back in the days of George Reeves and Superman. Even then, that was kind of, you know, odd black and white kid stuff. All of a sudden, something comes out that is both subversive and fun at the same time. It takes the comic books and puts them literally in front of you, as they were at the time. Saying the same kind of lines that are coming out of these comic book characters in the same kind of weird predicaments and weird situations, and doing something you've never seen before. Putting in this garish, beautiful world of color on a big screen. 
think about all the things you see in this film, all the weird situations. Before then, you had kind of your standard villains. Now you have these weirdly costumed people who have the most strangest, bizarrest motivations of all time. You will see exciting things such as shark attacks where they're thwarted with a bat spray. You're watching people hanging off a helicopter trying to you know, thrill the audience, even though it is the silliest situation you've ever seen. It's a beautiful mix of humor and fun for kids that everyone can enjoy. It's one of those kind of films that may seem like it's commonplace because of what's come after, but you put it in the place of its time, it was very original. There was nothing like this before. Nothing. And it is most incredibly fun, interesting film to watch because of this. Set pieces are done in ways that had not been done before. Shots are done in ways that had not been done before. This film, though it seems like it's nothing new, was actually, in its day, the most new and unique thing that anyone had ever seen in its time. <laughs> okay. I already shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So we're getting close to the end. Uh, this is a question, question number six. But before we move to question number six, judges, uh, um, tell us when we're ready. When you guys are ready for us to move on. Ready. Ready to go. All right. So this one is called cultural impact. So um, you know. You guys know. So uh, you're going to uh, talk about your film's cultural impact. So, uh, King, it's on you. So let me know when you're ready. And then I... I'm ready. All I'm right. ready. So here we go. Cultural impact. Uh, this one's an easy one, hands down. Batman in its day was a huge cultural impact. It saved Batman as a character in the DC universe. It brought comic books into fashion again where superheroes were suddenly seen as something cool and interesting to watch it left a long long legacy afterwards that people have every type of Batman has been since this movie has been either a reaction to or a homage to it is basically either you're trying not to do Adam West's Batman or you're trying to honor it in one way or another it has left that long a shadow that every superhero film for for that point on had to be compared to that movie at first because they didn't people were first afraid of the fact that it was you know silly and goofy and it campy and they said i don't want superhero films to be that they have to be more serious and it left that kind of impression that the mainstream audiences still when they thought of a superhero film thought of batman as he was shown in that movie um it also kind of kicked off the whole camp uh in film as well because that you if you look at it it created this whole new kind of technique of showing humor in a different kind of way that tongue-in-cheek way that uh, you can only see in those kind of films and that kind of, that also was a result of batman so it is not a film that it can be just dismissed easily and in fact it's not in fact any comic serious comic book fan this film has a huge cultural touchstone almost as powerful as the Superman uh, movie from 1978. In fact, more so, because it preceded it and set up the whole agenda that everyone had to fight thereafter. And let's face it, who don't love Batman? 
That's right. Who don't like Batman? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. All right. So, Jen, let me know when you are ready. Okay, I'm ready. Sorry, she's ready. Westworld would go on to become a series airing on HBO, two seasons now under its belt, and a third on its way. It has set some standards in our understanding and rightful trepidation of AI come to life. It sets into motion a rich field of AI rising against human masters in the form of Robocop, Terminator, and Blade Runner to follow. We are all and have always been fascinated with the idea of the rise of machines. In the 70s, however, the concept of such complete AI seemed far more fictional than it is today. I Sing the Body Electric, a Ray Bradbury story from 1962, dealt with the advent of AI as an adjunct to everyday life in a helping role. Westworld pit AI against humanity in a less benevolent way and created the idea of fearing the machine. Additionally, Westworld was part of a rise of the apocalyptic downfall of man. As we rely more heavily on technology and machines, so too may our fate be decided by those very machines we have created. All right. So, all right. So, King. Uh, yes. Um, I'm sorry. I'm hungry. I just did mine. Yeah, I'm you just did yours. Yeah, yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I got to leave the crack alone. Uh, no, judges, <laughs> judges, uh, let me know when uh, you guys have tallied your score, and uh, we will move to the final one. Ready to go. Ready. All right. Okay, so this is the last one. This one is cultural. I mean, I'm sorry. This one is the final argument. So these are with uh, your last, you know, opportunity to uh, make a plea for your film. So uh, because King has won the right to pick when he's going to go, he'll be last. So he'll get the last word in. So it's on you first, Jen, to uh, try to make your final argument. Ready. So you're ready. All right. Here we go. Final argument. In short, Westworld has become a trend-setting film from which many films and TV tropes were derived. It continues to be a foundation work that we see in Jurassic Park, Waxworks, and other films where our creations come to life in ways we may not expect and may not be ready for. The technology to create Westworld is rapidly approaching our own timeline, and this movie continues to provide a cautionary note of what can go wrong when we believe we are free to act on our basis of desires without inhibition or restraint. The cast was inspiring, the lighting was on point, and the sound editing of Westworld round out an exceptional movie. But I must call attention to one specific point. Westworld is not just an extended metaphor. Westworld is a true Garden of Eden that specifically questions just because we can create something, should we create it? In that, 
this film has done an exceptional job and continues to withstand the test of time. Production-wise, Westworld continues to be one of those movies of the 70s that perhaps when you look at it through the lens of our era today, doesn't look as great. But overall, for the 70s, the cutting edge ideas presented make up for a lot of what they were trying to accomplish. All right. End, right? End. All right. Okay. So this is the final argument from uh, King Penguin. Uh, let me know when you're ready and we can uh, get it popping. I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Final arguments from King Penguin. Friends, why do we go to the movies? We go to see something we hadn't seen before. We go to see interesting stories and strange things. But most of all, we go to be entertained. Now, Westworld is a fine movie in its own right. It has some interesting, thoughtful things to say. And I'll tell you my movie that I'm picked. It's not thoughtful in that kind of way. But there's one thing it is, and it cannot be denied is entertaining through and through it is fun it's an enjoyable film it holds up still it brings out the child in you to watch to see the silliness going on and yet the adult you can still cynically laugh at some of the situations it's a movie that is about nothing but at the same time is just fun it's a live comic book brought before you flickering in its garish colors and silly sets. It's a film, and I'm going to say film, that makes you feel like a kid again. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't mean anything. There's a few sly digs here and there, and that's the kind of thing that's fun to catch. But overall, one thing I can say, in the immortal words talk about Westworld is as ba- as Batman said some days you just can't get rid of a bomb <laughs> and this film not a bomb but an explosion of fun and that's why you should pick this film as the best of the cheesiest films this season thank you alright And the kids are happy that we got to the final. That we're done? Part. Yes. <laughs> the kids are How like, much can you say about these films that you haven't already said in like two hours? Right, 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 right. <laughs> All right. So Hey, we did our best. <laughs> we did it. You guys Good did a job. great job. I I am so glad I'm not one of the judges. because uh, this is gonna this is too close to call, so uh, let me see, Jen and King. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be an interesting vote. I'm going to let the uh, judges take a moment to look over their uh, notes before we get to the the scoring. Um, and judges, yeah, I, I do not really uh, want to be you guys right now. Um, Kind of sucks to be you guys. Uh, 
So, uh, unfortunately, you guys did such a great job. Uh, you guys did an amazing job. So you have nothing to to uh, be disappointed about. Um, let me blow this up so we can keep a running tally of uh, of it. Let's see. So let's see. We'll do Miosha and Josh. All right. Sorry, I had to take off my socks to get the math right. All right, so let me just get this going. We're going to use a good old fashioned word pad. (laughs) All right, so um, uh, let me know when you guys are ready. Ready. I think my calculations are correct. All right, so we're going to take, we're going to do this one by one. So let me get before we get started let me make sure i have the screen open right so i can see what the hell i'm doing right all right riveting radio stuff isn't it folks i know you know uh, we should have a word from our our sponsors um okay so we'll be right back boom <laughs> Alright. Uh oh. So look at me. I'm, if you're if you're watching on on TV, you'll see what I'm doing. Okay, so we are going to start off with uh um the production value question. Um so uh we'll start off with Miosha because we do uh, ladies first here. Um so when it came to the debate between um uh, production value. Um, who did you score victory for that particular question? Uh, um, I definitely picked Jen for that one. I think Jen was great in her like delivery and how she just ordered it all. It's like, oh, this sounds great. And also, I love. Um, definitely a big fan of the West Westworld. Oh, okay. Of that, of that one. So, but. Kingpin was awesome as well, but I definitely Jen for me got my vote. Okay, so you, so you gotta have Jen for the first one. Okay, uh, what about you, Josh? Who did you? Uh... Well, I did and do appreciate all of these uh, set designs for Batman and uh, the props, mad props to their prop department. Uh, it was Westworld, and then the argument for uh, the the shooting style, as well as just the basic mastering of cinematography. You know, as far as rule of thirds, and uh, and and I really like the argument about um, the locations themselves uh, making you feel so much emotion. So I gave this one to Westworld. Okay, so. All right, so that's two for Jen uh, coming out the gate. Okay. All right. Let's get to storyline. We'll start off with you, Josh. Who did you give it to? Uh, Well, I have to say that uh, the explanation for Westworld was wonderful. Uh, I really, really dug the uh, explanation of what, you know, was going on. But... The the Batman argument, 
I think, answered the question, why is it so good a little better? Because it makes no sense and it's fun. That's, <laughs> that's the answer. So I went with Batman. <laughs> so you gave it to King. Okay, so King gets on the board. It's two I to one. I will say, you cannot find fault with that logic. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, there is no logic logic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Miosha. So uh, storyline, which one did you go for? Uh, I I literally love both. I love I love Jen's um, answer, but I actually went with King for this one because I really like um, how he explained it and talked about that. That it's just there's weird twisted logic, and it's, it's just fun fun to watch. And I will rem- I remember watching it, and I remember remember thinking that same feeling like he's absolutely right. That's exactly how I felt when I was like the storyline is just it's just fun and funny. There's no point but i like that he pointed that out but he he got my vote for that one for sure all right okay so we're even now pulled even it's two to two um so basically uh king uh got storyline and jen got production value all right so now we're going to go to the cast argument and we will start off with you miosha uh which one did you uh, vote for uh, for this one, I went with Jen. Um, I, I loved her metaphors that she she also uh, she said about the characters and um, just just how you know um, I loved Bill um, Grinner, the, the the star of the movie. I thought I, I love him. Period. So when she said his name, I was like, oh, just brought back memories of he was like the hottie back in the day. I was a <laughs> beautiful man. Uh, so that definitely got my vote. Yeah, uh, Kingpin was, was definitely awesome. Mm, okay. What about you, Josh? I agree uh, with Miosha there. It, it's all about the good acting, and that's basically the gist of what I've gotten from uh, that particular part of the debate. Uh, the acting was superb from uh, the cast. And, again... That's not a knock against the cast of Batman, but we're talking uh, main actors, background actors, things like that. Uh, everything, uh, it, it sounds like everything kind of meshed. And Batman, for the same reason that it won storyline, is just kind of chaotic. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's funny. Um, if you look at the weight of the cast, like, you know, they had a lot of heavyweights in Batman and, um, in, uh, the West world, they had Gil Brenner, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> you know, it's like, Gil Brenner was the man, you know? So, <laughs> and he's basically playing his character from the Magnificent Seven, uh, essentially the robot Terminator version of it. So yeah, it's, that's a, you know, uh, but they had some gorillas, though, in uh, Batman. I mean, you know, Burgess Meredith, Cesar Romero. I mean, you can't, you know, that's a, that's a difficult one. But, you know, yeah, so that's pretty good. All right, so we're back to uh, um, Jen is pulled back ahead. It's four to two. Um, so uh, next we are going to villains, and we're going to start off with you, Josh. Which one did you prefer? Argument. Uh, without... Uh, any question I went with Batman uh, because as as he mentioned the scenes where 
it's not necessarily the villains doing super villainous stuff, but just the fact that they have separate banter, you know, between each of them. And you kind of actually get a little bit of depth uh, from uh, not much, but uh, <laughs> just just to see the character play and, and the joy uh, that it sounds like they have uh, interacting with each other uh, with these characters. That carried a lot more weight for me than um, an emotionless uh, killing machine. Oh, okay. Well, some people call me that. So I might take a little... Um. Uh, <laughs> Mom? Maybe, you sh- maybe you shouldn't admit to that on the air. Uh, well, I didn't say what kind of killing I'm doing. <laughs> I could be killing some uh, some food or something. <laughs> but uh, okay, so uh, what about you, Miosha? Uh, when it came to villains, uh, which argument did you prefer? Uh, actually, I was again with this one. Um, hmm. I liked that she. What I think for me, what she said was interesting was. Um, talked about the, um, the gunslinger and, and how he just was, he had ability to, ability to react with no emotion and he, it's almost like she, and he, you know, she said something about Michael Myers mentioning how it's like that and that he just comes keeps coming back and there's, there's really just no reason, just he just wants to kill and I think that's what a villain is there's, there shouldn't always have to be a reason he's the bad guy because he's just bad, you know, so I really like how she delivered that and uh, yeah, so she got my book for that. Okay, so now we're at five to three uh, in favor of Jen. Uh, I got to give Jen this credit. And, you know, when I, the villains one, I'm like, there's no way that, um, you know, there's no way that I could see Westworld even competing with that. But because of the villains in Batman, but you gave a great argument. And so I can, you know, I give you props uh, for at least pulling out a tie <laughs> in that one. Are they cardboard? Yeah, that, card it was a good, it was a good, it was a good argument you, you, you made. Cause I sure like, I mean, just on face value of it, cause we're basing this not on the films, but the arguments. So mm. for the film. So, you know, so uh, that was yeah, definitely, I should have said, I, what I should have said was Yul Brenner never had an exploding octopus. <laughs> <laughs> or that, you, and that's all I should have said. But th- you know, you didn't. You said he had four villains. He actually had five, if you count the uh, uh, Batman and Robin had five. Because if you count the uh, exploding shark, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> also all of the, the goons too. Right. Well, yeah, right. So, uh, oh, um, good point. Yeah, right. we don't count goons. <laughs> <laughs> right. Will we ever see him again, Batman? Not in this world, Robin. All right, so originality. This is a, this is definitely a, a, it was you guys both made wonderful points when it came to this. So I'm really excited to see how the votes went. So we're going to start off with you, Miosha. Uh, how, how did you see the uh, originality argument? Yeah, no, I, I thought they both were amazing. I, it was like for me that was almost like a tie for for me. But I I think um, and I I love the mention like he um the mentioned about the <laughs> the helicopter scene that was so funny because that's actually <laughs> in my head that scene is like the funniest scene ever of all time um and it was it was definitely original i mean who had a the the shark wasn't even like you could tell it was plastic sharp but it's it's just i guess at that time it it, it was something i'm sure it was like amazing to see 
but um, I went with, with Jen because I like that she mentioned um, that um, the director, he went to a special effects house and we found the special effects house and it's like a pixelated world and it talks about, you know, technology advance and I love how she just like delivered it and I think um, for that time it definitely was original um, and um, for the 70s and the fact that it was like the fact I think she also mentioned about the inspiration coming from a trip to Disneyland that the director like that's crazy how awesome is that that it's inspired by uh, going to Disney Disneyland that's, that's crazy so I was like oh yeah love it so I have a first point Jen on that one all right okay so she goes with Jen what about you Josh I uh, I uh, once again am. Uh, alone on this branch when it comes to the judges. I went with Batman because yeah. bat repellent. Bat repellent? <laughs> Shark spray. And, and, and barracuda spray and whale spray. <laughs> All sorts of sprays. Oh and it's, it's basically liquid cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you just pour it over everything by adding bat to it. <laughs> and that's about as original as you can get. I mean, the the argument for Westworld was amazing, but bat cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, it's hard to go against the bat cheese. <laughs> That's for sure. Hilarious. All right. So right now we're at um, six to four. Jen is leading with two left. So. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the, this plays out. So this one is going to be the cultural impact. So we're going to start off with you, Josh. You know, I was listening to both of these arguments and uh, thinking to myself, they both make valid points as I was uh, you know, tallying up the argument markers in my head. But then one particular point stood out to me and made me go huh you know that's probably very true and that's when I heard that Batman 66 not only saved Batman but put comics back on the map I mean look at the world we live in today right superhero movies are the biggest box office uh, explosions in decades and that can be traced back to a little movie called Batman 66 mm-hmm. so for that reason I think uh, the argument for Batman having a bigger cultural impact is uh, the winner alright okay yes alright um, so what about you Miosha uh, uh, cultural impact which argument did you uh, go with I, I honestly picked, I, I couldn't decide. I went with both. I thought they were both really good for this one. Um, and I was thinking, I'm leaning more towards, of course, the, uh, the comic book as, uh, aspect because it is something that is a, like, like, like you just mentioned, that is, um, you know, a big impact on our younger generation and, and just generation today. Like what we're, like, you know, Comic-Con, we have all this amazing outlets for superhero movies and all that stuff. So it did take away in that aspect. But um, I, I just did, that was a really hard one. They both made such a really good 
um, argument and, and the fact that we are in the world now and, and the time that we're living in about like we're we're so close to tech like the technology that we can uh, we can develop now it's pretty insane how how far we've come so um, yeah it's, it was interesting I, I really said both for that one all right so you pick uh, Batman yeah we'll go with Batman. All right, so we are down to this last question. This is perfect for uh, what we're trying to do. Uh, you would think we planned it this way, but the score is deadlocked, six to six, and we are at the last question. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where we get a an outright winner, or we're going to have to do one more debate. <laughs> oh, jeez. So. Uh, no, we'll no, see, no. or just do, do a, a coin toss to see who wins. <laughs> <laughs> All that work down to a coin toss. <laughs> all right, so, all right, so, uh, Miosha, um, this is uh, the final argument. So, which one do you uh, give it to? Um, I love the dance for this one. Um, I love her. I just love that. Uh, she talked about uh, how it was um, a, a, a trend-setting film. It's, it's, it's one of those films that even Jurassic Park could see, and that it's, it's such a obviously, you know, Jurassic Park came. She named films that came at, like came after that, and just um, I, I love that. And I, I think I, I just loved her delivery. I, I love that she talked about it's really the true Garden of Eden. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, exactly. Um, and I love that she suggested we can make something should be, you know, should be created or, you know. And then it also is something, a film that would stand the test of time. And for that era of the 70s, it was cutting edge. Um, and, and the ideas that they had for that time is something that, you know, is not too far-fetched today. And for times, like, for years to come. So we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I, was, I went with Jen. Jen had my vote hands down, for sure. Okay. All right, so Josh is pretty and much. Her a... voice is just so lovely. I do. I apologize to so, everyone that I am still suffering with this cold. I I'm so sorry. I <laughs> promise I will get over it eventually. Okay, it's so beautiful. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, Josh, you are Florida in 2000. Uh, oh <laughs> you're gonna decide. There better not be any hanging chads. Right, you're gonna decide the <laughs> the whole thing, the kid and caboodle. So no pressure. No I'm sorry, pressure. I can't. I can't really read my answer. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all on you. So you okay, gonna... this is what I'll say. I uh, I absolutely agree with everything Miyoshi said about uh, the argument for Westworld. So much so that I thought uh, a lot of those answers uh, could have been used in the sixth question about the cultural impact, you know, mentioning Jurassic Park and and some of the uh, things that have come after it. But you know what? Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. (laughs) And that's why I went with Batman. (laughs) oh my god so this is the situation um (laughs) 
it was so funny because earlier I was, I think I was talking to Josh and then he was like, well, what if it's a tie? Yep. And I was like, well, let's hope it's not a tie. Because <laughs> <laughs> we never figured out what we we're going to do with it. Arm wrestle? Well, okay. So we do know what's going to happen. I, Because I, of Josh, I did come up with a uh, scenario for in the event of a tie. And the way it's going to work is that um, I am... Okay, we're going to do a... Oops, sorry about that. We're going to do a yeah. quick debate... All right, and I'm gonna be the the third the third judge. Um, I will give mine first, and then they'll give theirs, so that it won't so there it won't be a tie. So, so um, okay. So the bonus the bonus argument is if you have to now this one is you're gonna have to go straight for the other movie. So here it is. You have an opportunity to see. Uh, he said, uh, "Olaf says pick a number between one and 30. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, I'm with him. I'm with him on that. If you, oh if you had to watch one movie um, for the rest of your life, and your two choices was Westworld or Batman 1966, you have to now make an argument. And you only have one minute. So when you hear the one minute." Um, you have to now say um, why that movie is a movie that you can watch over and over if you had, if that was the last movie you had to watch. Okay. Is is this? Let me clarify. Is this defending our movie? You can is, attack. Is coming and and oh, okay. and it's attack too. So you can <clears throat> you can uh, use uh, you can actually uh, go at um, the other film. So we're gonna do the the coin toss. So. Um, this time we're going to let, uh, King, uh, call it, uh, what do you want? Heads or tails? Okay. Let's see. Heads. So Jen, do you want to go first or second? Uh, I, I think I'll go last. Oh, okay. All right. So you got to defend if this was the last movie left on the earth, (laughs) why this one is the one you want and not the other one. So feel free to bash the other film if you so choose. (laughs) All right, judges, are you ready? I'm ready. Ready. All right, and uh, here I here we go. Friends, Romans, and countrymen, I am not here to bury Restworld. I'm here to destroy it. I'll tell you this much: as interesting a film as it is, and some interesting ideas that come out of it, I could not see myself watching that movie over and over again for the rest of time. Watching Benjamin Button, uh, sorry, whatever his name, <laughs> Richard Benjamin, being chased by Yule Brenner is fun and exciting the first time. The 30th time, when you know what he's going to do and how he's going to get out, it's not quite as thrilling. Whereas Batman is always good for a laugh. Even though you know how it's going to end, you are going to laugh and you are going to have fun. And there's always little tidbits hidden in that movie, the little bits that you can see that are always making you laugh. For example, did you know Gotham City had a Benjamin, uh, or sorry, a uh, Benedict Arnold memorial? I didn't until I watched it this last time. This film is full of those little weird comic gens that are hidden in there that you can watch over and over again and you will always get a laugh out of it. And certain scenes just get funnier with time. All right. So if I'm going to sit there and say, do I want to watch the dour, sad movie for the rest of my life or do I want to enjoy myself 
I will pick Batman over and over and over again. All right. Holy repeats, Batman. This is a winner. Hands down. All right. All right. We'll give uh, Jen uh, an extra 30 seconds. All right. Um, Okay. So, Jen, you ready? All right. Let's do this thing. All right. So you have 90 seconds. Okay. While I understand the appeal of a movie like Batman, especially the campy fun that it delivers, it gets old very fast. It's not that the delivery of the fun lines are not fun, it's that the shtick becomes old over a period of time. Westworld provides something of a more intellectual idea farm. Westworld doesn't just go through the motions of being a film to watch. Westworld invites us in to each individual world to imagine what we might be inside of those worlds. How would we react? What would we do? Westworld is engaging where Batman is passive. And again, although Batman is fun to watch the first time through, it doesn't invite us to do anything more than laugh at the antics of Batman and his villains. Westworld, on the other hand, creates a kind of narrative style that every time you watch it reveals a little something different. There are small pieces of sound editing, there are small pieces of lighting, there are little story nuggets inside of Westworld, including Roman World, that we barely got a chance to see that we could use our imagination to continue the narrative on over and over and over again. So if I were on a deserted island and I could only watch one movie, I would choose a movie like Westworld that encouraged me to continue that narrative idea that in, that created for me a sense of intellectual... <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh no, that's okay. All right. I'm I'm so sorry. I at the end I had to sneeze. I'm so sorry. Oh I'm no so sorry. no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. All right. So what I'm gonna do is I'm putting in the one that I that I uh, voted for. So I will uh, just I typed it in. So I'm gonna go to the judges and uh, all right. So let's go back to where is this? Okay. All right. So we're gonna go first with uh, Miosha. Um, oh, I have to go. <laughs> yes. Oh man. <laughs> P.S. Wait, before everybody says anything, I don't hate Batman. Just FYI. <laughs> I don't. I don't. No, him. I don't think none of us hate any of these. So no. Just wanted I like to let Westworld you know. Just fine. <laughs> I just like Westworld better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Oh boy. Um, gosh, let's see, what did I, 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 I thought that they both were, were great and great arguments. And when I think about it, Batman, I could watch over and over again and laugh. He's absolutely right. But then also think about Westworld and yeah, it's very dark and, and, and I get it. But, um, if I had to watch over and over again, hmm, I definitely will Day because <laughs> Bill Brenner, he's 
you know, he's hot, and uh, <laughs> I don't mind watching him all the time. <laughs> that would be a, a big motivator for me to watch the film over again. Oh, boy, it's so sad. Sorry, I will with you on that one. <laughs> I just want to state for the record, Jen never said anything about you, Brenner's hotness. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I just had to bring it up. That's probably why. I could definitely watch him over any time. <laughs> <laughs> all right so so uh all right joshua while i was listening to both arguments play out i kept imagining this heavyweight prize <laughs> fights uh boxing match going on where lefts and rights are being uh, uh thrown with equal ferocity each one looking for that knockout blow. Uh, at first, it looked like Batman was uh, going to do a, a great deal of damage, but then Westworld uh, started off a little bit slow, but started giving the old one-two. So I, I as, a, as a judge, found this to be a really tough decision. I thought it would easily be, oh, uh, Batman. No, no, that 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 argument was just immaculate. But if we're just going to go uh, by the stars, then I will go with the real man, <laughs> and his name is Adam West. Yes, <laughs> oh my uh, citizen, you did a fine. Job. All right, so I am good the, for you. I am the tiebreaker, and I've already written mine down, so uh, it's not, you know, based on what anybody just said. Um, Westworld is the film that I picked. Uh, it's a film that I enjoy uh, quite a bit, um, but I have to say that the the bait I gave it to King. This one, he did get it. Um, that's what I had written down. I thought that his argument was pretty rock solid. So, Yay. and I hate Good that. Job. I hate that because well, I, Yay. I'm cannibalizing my own freaking film. But uh, I thought that um, th that last argument was pretty good. And honestly, I gotta say, honestly, I thought it was gonna be a layup, Batman, just because of the villains, the cultural impact. And all of that stuff, but Jen... I, that's, that's what saved my ass in the end, I think, but <laughs> not Jen, much. Jen uh, was... Uh, Jen had a... Jen came out swinging hard right off the top. You know, I, I sat there and watched the scores and I'm going, oh dear, I'm getting buried. I, so. I have to say, Jen, you did a magnificent job with, uh, um, with your arguments because you had... You know, everybody knows Batman... Um, a lot of people don't know Westworld. Maybe they know it more so now because of the HBO TV show. But um, you're not talking about the TV show. You're talking about the movie. And it's a film that I That's really right. enjoy. And But you gave such beautiful arguments. And you really had an uphill, uh, uh, you know, uh, the mountain to climb. Sorry, I can't even think right now. But um, you did the impossible. And you almost uh, won. Um, I was low key rooting for Westworld, 
uh, because, you know, that's, that was my film and, and whatnot. But, um, to be fair, I did feel like his last argument did eke it out. So I hate that I'm the deciding vote, <laughs> you know, to kill my own movie. But, um, you know, I, I, um, you know, you did a great job King in, on the last one. And, um, you know, it was a, uh, a very good argument that you put. I, when I thought about it, when I thought about it based on what you said, honestly, I could see myself watching the Batman movie um, over and over because it's much more joyful of a movie than um, than Westworld. If I had to watch Westworld over and over and over for the rest of my life, I'd probably kill myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Morons in an airproof room. What were they thinking? Like, right. At least like, in my movie, if that happened, it makes sense because there's no sense in that movie. Right. So, like I'm Batman. So, oh, I, West, I love Westworld, and I, I the fact that I had to fight against that one what well, didn't make me feel any better because I agreed with all of Jen's points. I just couldn't say that. Yeah. Then <laughs> Westworld definitely a uh, well shot movie. Uh, great acting, great ideas. So, you know, not to sabotage my feel, but I mean, let's face it, that it was a tough call on both of them. So I, you know, yeah. What? A, but Hey, thank you so much to the judges. You guys yes. were awesome. You did a great job. And, yes. And, and kept thank the tension you. up for the whole thing. I know. Cause I was hoping like, please don't be like a runaway. Like, I love that it came down to the last one. Well, like, I thought it was. I saw, I saw this too. tide slowly turning right off the start. And I'm like, well, oh, that's a lot of votes already. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. So I can't catch. I was sitting there going, when we got to that point, going, I don't think mathematically I, I can can get there. And then all I didn't think so either. I, I thought Jen was running away with it. And then at the yeah. last minute, you did you did pull it out. Um, I think it was the um, cultural impact was was the one that brought uh, it close yeah i think i think and that's an unfair question when you got those two right. against each other whereas yeah. yes westworld does have an impact but batman's is like it's a huge huge shadow that it the, cast the fact you got a split in the villains you know is amazing because you know yeah. batman is the villain you know like uh, that's the thing yeah, about well i mean DC. that's the thing though i mean we're not talking about heath ledger's joker here though right. either that's so true. <laughs> i mean yule brenner's uh yeah. Gunslinger definitely was. I mean, look at the Terminator. That's basically there's James Cameron saying, "Yeah, I want to do my own version of that." Right. So, yeah, I I would have probably voted the same way. But I have to say once again, uh, thank you to uh, all the participants. Jen, you did an amazing job. Uh, you actually did way better than I could have done if I had to defend my own film. So <laughs> kudos <laughs> to you, Jen, for, you know, you're like the, uh, you're like, uh, Rudy, uh, you know, like, Aww, you know, you. like, please don't ever compare me to anyone named Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rudy was a, Rudy was a, a film. Uh, Olaf said we should have done the one to 30 thing. That hilarious. We still can. <laughs> tiebreaker, tiebreaker. But, um, so the oh, Batman have still won Bat tune in next week. Same bad. Oh, if you had told me when this started that Batman 1966 or Westworld would have been the winner of of it, I wouldn't have thought that. So no, me neither. So, I honestly thought that the last two would have been Warriors and uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, I thought Return of the Living Dead was going to make it. Yeah, I thought so too. But you know, I think we, I think you know, 
we had I think the right movies were in the the final, but also though we uh, I think in a way we were I think we were a little more gangster in the beginning <laughs> about what we were deciding to do. But Westworld I think did Warrior no oh yeah no number two was the second film was Return of the Living Dead right I guess you're right we were a little bit crueler to it right all right so let's real quick. Um, uh, season three, which I, I, hopefully we can get it started sometime this year, but I know you're going away overseas, right? Uh, King, you're going out of no, the country? Uh, no, 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 not this year. No, oh, it's I'm next fine. year. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking. I'm around. Well, I think before we start our season three, though, we should be talking about the idea we had about doing the Christmas yes. um, specials. Yeah, we're going to do some uh, some Christmas stuff, so. That'll be cool. I'm sure Ernest Saves Christmas will somewhere be. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> and uh, Die Hard does count as a Christmas film. I'm just saying. Yes, it does. It definitely. But does. I was thinking more of the television specials than anything else. Oh, okay. So, so um, all right. So, list uh, season three. Uh, are, these are the films that we're going to be doing. We're doing so. Little... So, so bone up on these kids before Bro- we even talk. Roller Barrel, 1997. I'm sorry, 1997. 1975. Uh, the Car, 1977. So not the uh, Daniel Craig one. Uh, Body Double, 1984. Uh, Death Race 2000, 1975. Shout out. Let's Scare Jessica to Death, 1971. It sounds like one of my home home movies I made back in the day. Uh, (laughs) Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, 1982. Strange Brew, I guess that's for your Canadian... uh, That's Uh, That movie's very (laughs) Canadian, uh, I'm just saying. Uh, The Dead Zone, 1983. And finally, Plan 9 from Outer Space, 1959. So those are the films. Represent the 50s. That's right. That's right. So all really good movies. Looking forward to that. Uh, I want to thank you, King. Uh, You've done an amazing job coming up with the show, as well as, uh, you know, um, bringing us uh, a uh, great uh, topics every week to talk about these films. And I'm looking forward to uh, what we're doing next. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Yes. And I would thank you guys as well for, uh, A, for you hosting the show, uh, Kente, and, and Jen, for your input on each and every one of those films, because you bring a different point of view on things. Plus, your meals that make a movie is an interesting, I love that part, too. So that adds a little di- extra dimension to the films. So, yeah, that, that definitely helps. Thank you. I'm so happy to be part of it. Yes. So, Jen, um, any last words before we put season two to bed? We'll start off with you. I want to. I want to share one little anecdote mm-hmm. of uh, the. I didn't want to put this in our debate, but I. I really want to highlight how uh, uh, there is this beautiful sort of cultural line with Michael Crichton and Westworld and Jurassic Park. <clears throat> in Jurassic Park, uh, Ian Malcolm has this line. And it comes after John Hammond says something about every park has its problems. 
well, when they opened Disneyland, none of the rides really worked. Then <clears throat> Ian Malcolm pipes up and says, yes, but John, the Pirates of the Caribbean didn't come alive and eat the guests. <laughs> that is a direct piece from Michael Crichton's inception of, drumroll please, Westworld. Westworld. Yeah. I just thought that that was an interesting little tidbit. That is. It didn't belong anywhere, but I loved it. <laughs> I, I loved it too. I loved it too. All right. So, uh, and King, uh, any last words? You are the victorious person. Uh, you know what? It, I think everybody wins in this case. It was fun. I uh, enjoyed doing this style of debate thing, and I am looking forward to the next round. Um, to be honest, I, I can't wait to see what the reactions and of these new films that are going to come up. And I don't, seeing how things went this year, uh, this time around, uh, I don't know where they're going to go. Who's going to be the top two out of those films? It will be fun to see that, though. Oh yeah, we're going to add a couple of other things like a score is going to be one, and probably a couple other things too. So, in, in I'm talking about in our weekly uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing. Um, like, you know, uh, what do we give the score of the film and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, so I'm going to start off with uh, Miosha. Miosha, how can people get you in social media? And if, is there any projects that we should be on the lookout for coming from you? Uh, yeah, so many, so many awesome ones. Um, I'm actually to find me on Miosha being M-E-O-S-H-A and I'm Dean, D-E-A-N. And that's on Google. Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, and all that good stuff. I have a few projects few, uh, that I'm working on. One for Halloween that I will, will, be, will be releasing on the 31st of October. So that's going to be fun. So stay tuned for that. And, and we also we have our project, yes. too, that you know uh, where I play your uh, brother. And uh, I teach you about, the, uh, about life. <laughs> <laughs> birds and the bees. Yeah, it, it, that's what it's birds called, the birds and the bees. <laughs> definitely. Definitely in HD, it's called the birds and the bees in <laughs> HD. So <laughs> HD, 3D, and VR. <laughs> oh, my God. So thank you so much, Miosha. All right, so Josh, how can yes. people get you in social media? Tell us about your podcasting and all, all the other things that you're involved with. Well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Simicore Josh. That's S E M I C O R E J O S H. We're Simicore because we're not hardcore, we're not softcore. We're that spot right in the middle. <laughs> uh, so check us out. Uh, one of the shows that you can download on a weekly basis is called The Backstage Slam. If you're into professional wrestling, like I am, every weekend a new episode of The Backstage Slam drops. This week, we talk about All In, the large, probably largest indie show to ever happen, uh, brought to you by Cody Rhodes and uh, the Young Bucks. So that is going to be quite the in- interesting conversation as we talk about that. Uh, i got to be honest, I, I, <laughs> I haven't been able to do the Netflix for this month, um, but I, I'm trying to get back on that for next month. And that's a show I do on a monthly basis that drops on the first to let you know what's coming to Netflix instant streaming. Maybe not every title, but at least a few that interest me and uh, let you know what's coming. So you can uh, you can find that on the first of every month, except this one. And 
If you're into video games, Skit Comic, S-K-I-T-C-O-M-I-C, Xbox One, PS4, let's play some Rocket League, PUBG, whatever. I just want to play some games with people. All right, PUBG. All right. That sounds uh, pretty gangster there, uh, PUBG. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Jen, how can people get you on social media and all that good stuff? And tell us about your websites and any other things that... Uh, that uh, we should be on the lookout for when it comes to you. Well, <clears throat> you can find me on social media at following bliss one. Um, that's on Twitter. You can find me on the web with critical laughs with two L's.com. And you can find my new website, movies, make the meal.com uh, on the web. Lots of good stuff still going in there. Um, just because we're on a break doesn't mean that I am stopping content creation. I'll have tons of stuff coming upcoming for new shows, new series. I've got a new section there called Netflix. So if you're looking for something to watch on Netflix and looking for a movie, I mean, a meal idea to pair with your movie, check it out. See what there might be. All right. And King, how can people get you in social media? And when's Crash Cody part a deal? You mean three. Uh, three, yeah. Yeah, see, you see it's so memorable. You didn't know there was a second part already. <laughs> uh, it Probably never. Um, <laughs> but uh, as far as social media goes, uh, we're keeping it simple. But who knows? Maybe, maybe by the next season, I'll actually have some sort of uh, Twitter account or something. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But for now, if you do have an idea for a film and you want to bump one of the ones we've said we're going to do out of contention by offering something interesting or new, I am all ears. Uh, and that you can send to kingpenguin at gmail.com and just say, hey, I want to see this film as your subject. And I will look into it and, you know, twist the ears of the other folks here to say, hey, maybe we should do this instead of that film. And I am willing to take any and all films, so long as they're cheesy. <laughs> so no Godfather. No, Godfather doesn't count. Godfather 3, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, you can follow me at Kente F on Twitter. And you can also go to our website. That is IndieRadio.org. That's I-N-D-Y Radio.org. Uh, we will be back coming up soon. Uh, we are doing launching a podcast uh, about the show Mayans, which is the, the sequel to uh, Sons of Anarchy. Um, yeah. Also, we'll be talking um, some um, Walking Dead as well. And... Um, I know I'm leaving something. Now. Oh, more spotlight. So, uh, and then there'll be some uh, Mars Venus coming up. And then, you know, keep on the lookout for season three of uh, Cinema de Fromage. This has been so much fun. I really enjoy doing this program. This was so cool. And I hope that everybody who watched or listened to this podcast enjoyed it. I uh, can't wait for when we fire it up again. Uh, you guys have a great weekend and God bless. Ellen's All New with Anna Kendrick, plus Spike Lee. Ellen's Season 16 Premiere Party keeps going. 
We've heard our throats from howling. Ellen, today at 3 on NBC4. And we know your life is bumper to bumper. You need someone working for you. That's why NBC4 gives you two and a half hours of news starting at 4 p.m. We're working around your afternoons with breaking news and the most accurate weather in town. NBC4 News at 4 for you.